the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are to avoid the snares of hanging out with people who don't know the Lord. They will pull us down before we lift them up. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. We're picking up again in the study. This is part two. Well, we're going to be in Exodus chapter 34 simply because we finished chapter 33 last time. So I entitled this message, Shining in the Darkness. Let's pick up and read again here in verse 12. It says, watch yourself that you make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land into which you are going. Or it will become a snare in your midst. A snare is a trap. But rather, you are to tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and cast down their ashram. The ashram was a female deity sex goddess. You're to cast that thing down. Verse 14. For you shall not worship any other god, for the Lord is a jealous god. Otherwise, you might make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they will play the harlot with their gods and sacrifice to their gods, and someone might invite you to eat at his sacrifice, and you might take some of his daughters for your sons, and his daughters might play the harlot with their gods and cause your sons also to play the harlot with their gods. You shall make for yourself no molten gods no images which of course is the second commandment again god's promise was to conquer all of the nations that were currently occupying this land that god had promised to give to them then god makes a very clear rule they were to not have any covenants with the people of this land why why so they wouldn't become like them. I don't want you to become like them. I don't want you to be drawn away from the relationship that you have with me, the Lord. Is it any different for us today? Of course not. We, as God's sons and daughters, do you realize that? You and me, as for Christians, we are sons and daughters of God. You, you have been elevated to a place that is higher than anything you could ever attain here on this earth. You are the sons and the daughters of God. And you are not to have any relationships with the people that are not true believers here on this side of heaven. Now, some might be thinking, well, am I supposed to quit my job then because I work with a bunch of heathens? Boss, I'm sorry, I can't come to work today. Why? Well, you're a pagan. 
I, I can't have a covenant with you. No, no, that's not what it means at all. Of course it doesn't mean that. You know, understand, we're to interact in this world with everybody. We're to allow the light of Jesus that's living inside of us to shine to all of those in the world. I mean, how else will anyone ever hear about Jesus if we didn't interact with them on a daily basis? What God is establishing here, what God is saying here, and he says this all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, is we're not to have covenants with them. What does that mean? We're not to have binding agreements with them. We're not to be, in quote, best friends with them. I had a best friend going through school. We moved to to North Hollywood when I was like four years old. We moved from North Hollywood to Ontario when I was six years old. And so from the first day of of first grade in Ontario, uh, my best friend, we became friends all the way through high school. We did everything together first, drank our first beer, smoked pot. I mean, just everything. We were best friends all through school. But then there came a time when I got married and me and my wife, you know, we tried to have relationship with them. And it's like, no, 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 no. They're still bonging. We don't bong anymore. No to the bong. Okay. So it's like I had to sever that relationship because that relationship was going in a complete polar opposite direction of the relationship that me and my wife were having with the Lord. We can't have an agreement with them anymore. We are not to be, quote, friends with them. We're not to have girlfriends and boyfriends or business relationships with the people of the world. This, again, is repeated in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 6, 14 says, Do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness and lawlessness Or what fellowship has light with darkness? It's either light or it's dark. I mean, it's like you can't have the same at the same time. So especially for you singles, you're not to be out there dating people that are not Christians. Yeah, but they're hot. Okay, I understand that. Okay, but it's like you might be doing evangelistic dating. Well, you know, I'm inviting them to church and I'm inviting them to know the Lord. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to sever those relationships because they might give you a little bit of what you want or I'll come to church with you as long as you're giving them what they want, see? So it's like, no, you can't have that. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three drives it home even a little clearer. It says, do not be deceived. Don't fool yourself here. Bad company corrupts good morals. Become sober-minded as you ought and stop sinning for some have no knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. While you're sitting there having this half-faded, you know, slack-jaw relationship with this non-believer, there's other people that need to hear about the truth of God's word, but you're too busy with your ungodly relationships. And when we obey this, because you're either going to obey it or you're not. But if those that obey it, God promises us in verse 24, I'll drive out the nations around you and I will enlarge your borders. God will bless us when we do what is right. Yes, we are to avoid the snares of hanging out with people who don't know the Lord because they will pull us down before we lift them up. They could draw us away from doing what's right. 
We're not to allow the world to influence us to do the things that are wrong. And the world is influencing in radical ways today. I mean, like, what happened with this whole transgender thing? I mean, it is off the hooks now. You say anything against it, and all of a sudden, you're the devil all of a sudden. It's like, now they're, they're trying to cut out the parental right of a parent to have any say-so if their 10-year-old decides they want to be the opposite sex. Listen, you can't change sexes. There's two sexes. God made them male and female. There's no, there's no changing of the sex, okay? You can't change. You can cut parts off, you can alter the look of something, but the DNA still says that the one sex will always be there. And it's like, and now we've made this thing where we're changing laws where parents don't even have a say-so. Like if you say something against your child, it's like the school can give them hormone blockers and all these things. I'm just telling you, my, my, my kids are all grown up now, but if someone was giving one of my grandkids hormone blockers, I would want to just, well, let's think holy thoughts right now, okay? <laughs> But it's like, I mean, how is this even happening? The world is going in the wrong direction because the world has forsaken God. But we as the people of God, we must rise up. We have to be a voice of truth to the insanity that's around us. Which brings up our point, observing feasts. God goes into some feasts that he wants to observe. Let's look what they are here real quick. Picking up in verse 18. He says, you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, which is the Passover for seven days. And you are to eat unleavened bread as I commanded you at the appointed time in the month of Abib. And for that's the month of Abib that you came out of Egypt. And the first offspring from every womb belongs to me and your male livestock and the offspring from the cattle and your sheep. And you shall redeem with the lamb the first offspring from a donkey and you shall not redeem it. And then you will, you shall break the neck and you shall redeem all the firstborn of your sons. Not none shall appear before me empty handed and you shall work six days. But on the seventh day, you shall rest again, just reaffirming the Sabbath day rest for uh, uh, there won't be any plowing time and at harvest time you shall rest and you shall celebrate the feast of weeks that is the first fruits of the wheat harvest and the feast of ingathering at the turn of the year three times a year all your males are to appear before the lord god and the god of israel wow we'll stop there so god lays out three feasts here for the Jewish nation of Israel. And we're told in verse 23 that all the men are to appear before the Lord for all three of these events. But what do these feasts mean? Well, let's look at them quickly here. First, we have the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is again, the Passover. This was a reminder of how God delivered the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt and specifically on how God passed over their sins. Now, as Christians, Jesus is our Passover lamb. He's our Passover now because 
What happened back in Egypt again? Well, as we look back to our earlier studies, it's like it was the 10th plague that was going to break the back of Pharaoh and the Egyptians to let God's people go from slavery. Nine plagues had gone out and they had still not let God's people go. So the 10th plague was gonna be the straw that broke the camel's back, you could say. And so God sent the angel of death into that region. And the angel of death was going to kill the firstborn of every single family. But, God allowed his children to be spared from this if, if they killed a sacrificed lamb, they took its blood and put it around the doorposts of their house. Then as the angel of death would come through, if they were in that house where the blood was on the doorstep, the angel of death would pass up and over that house and spare them and their firstborn would not die. Jesus is our Passover lamb. Because when he died, now the angel of death is going to come upon every human being that's ever been born. It says in Hebrews 9, 27, it is appointed for every man and woman to die once. And after this comes judgment. But for the believer, there is no judgment because the angel of death will come in and see the blood of the lamb of Jesus on us and he'll pass up and over us and we will not die we will live forever that's the promise and jesus has become our passover lamb and you can give a healthy amen to that hey amen yes and the second feast was the feast of the harvest or of the first fruits now this happened immediately after the passover this was to celebrate the first fruit coming out of the ground that they planted. This also again represents Jesus rising from the dead. And according to Leviticus 23, 16, Pentecost would be 50 days later. And of course, that's when the Holy Spirit came upon the church and filled the church with the Holy Spirit. Now, this of course celebrates the new believer's inheritance. Then the third feast is the feast of ingathering or booths also known as tabernacles. This is at the end of the harvest season, and this is just simply to thank God and celebrate all that God had provided through the harvest. Now, notice again in verse 23, all the men must appear. This is a constant reminder of unity, of oneness, and of a common bond that we are to have as believers. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You know, we have a men's ministry uh, here led by Pastor John, and it's called Legacy. And it meets every first and third Saturday of the month at 10 o'clock. And it's like, you know, God would have the men to gather together. Why? So they could commit to friendships with one another, that you would have a bond. That's why we also have a women's ministry that meets here on Tuesday nights at 7.30, that you women can come and have a bond with other women. It's important for men to get together. It's important for men to have a bond together. It's important for women to come together, for women to have a bond together, for men to be with men, women to be with women, so that you would have someone that you could text when you're having a difficult time, like, hey, bro, man dude, you got to pray for me, man. I'm having a hard time today. Or, hey, man, I got called into the office with my boss. I don't know what's going on, man. Pray now. Pray for me. You know, it's good to have someone. You don't need 50,000 best friends, but having two or three good friends in the Lord, that goes a long ways. 
a long ways. That's why God said it's good to come together so that you can be accountable to one another and be accountable to God. Verse 20 said, don't come empty handed, by the way, when you come for they were to bring their offerings to the Lord. And so are we. For the Lord is the one who makes it possible for us to work in the first place. And so really all of it is the Lord's, but he also says, hey, a portion of that is mine. And that's why he said in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, now I say to you, if you sow sparingly to the Lord, you will also reap sparingly. But if you sow bountifully to the Lord, like you bring the Lord bountifully what you bring to him, then he will bless you bountifully. He's like, do not do what you do grudgingly or under compulsion. Like, don't do it because you have to do it. Don't do it like, oh, the church is standing over your head like, oh, you better give any offering. No, no, no. You do it joyfully to the Lord. Because he goes on to say, God loves a cheerful giver. And in the original Greek language, that word cheerful means a hilarious giver. Like, oh, Lord, I just, I love to be able to give to you. I love to be able to continue the work of God in Los Angeles here because you've been so gracious to me. So that is before the Lord. Yes, this is the bottom line, though. God's people, men and women, they're to gather together. Men and women are to worship the Lord. Men and women are to fellowship with one another. And men and women are to give back to the Lord. Which brings up our final point, shining his glory. Let's read what it says here in verse 28. And he goes on to say, so he was there with the Lord. Who's him? That's Moses. So Moses obeyed the Lord. He's back up on the mountain by himself, just like God said. He has the two tablets of stone. So he's there with the Lord and he's there for 40 days and 40 nights. And he did not eat bread or drink water. Really? And he wrote on the tablets, the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. And it came about when Moses was coming down Mount Sinai and with the two tablets of the testimony that were in Moses's hand as he was coming down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face was shining, was glowing because of his speaking with God. So Aaron and all the sons of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face was shining and they were afraid to come near him. Well, you ever have a glow in the dark friend? (laughs) It's like, whoa, it's like, I mean, Moses was so long with the Lord. I mean, he's up there for like a month and a half with the Lord. And he's just, he's glowing. And it's like, he doesn't even realize it. It's not like he's at the mall and he's looking at the window like, hey, I'm not looking too bad here, you know. Hey, look at me shine. <laughs> you know? No, no, he didn't even realize it. Obviously, this whole trip for Moses was completely miraculous. First in verse 28, we're told that he didn't eat or drink for 40 days. I mean, that's remarkable in itself because we know that humans can go about 40 days with no food before you just kick the bucket. But we can only go about three to four days without water. And this is not some misprint or misquote in any way. For Moses makes mention of this very fact of this miracle again in Deuteronomy 9.9, it says, and when I went to the mountain, 
to receive the tablets of stone, the tablets of the covenant which the Lord had made with you. Then I remained on the mountain 40 days and nights. I neither ate bread nor drank water. Wow, so it was like a little utopia up there. And Moses came down the mountain with the Ten Commandments written by the finger of God on tablets of stone. Yet he didn't realize he's a walking LED light bulb, okay? And his face was glowing. God did this again in Acts, in the book of Acts in the New Testament. Do you remember Stephen? He was the first martyr. Remember he was sharing his faith? He was given a history lesson to the stiff-necked obstinate uh, Jewish religious leaders because they were so hard-hearted. And he was telling them how their forefathers had rejected Moses as their God-sent deliverer. Remember how these people rejected Moses at first? Remember Moses comes into town, tells Pharaoh, let my people go. And And Pharaoh says, well, your people happen to be my slaves and they're going nowhere. So Moses took his staff and he touched the Nile River and it turned to blood. That was the first of the 10 curses upon upon the nation of Egypt. But the people then, after Moses did that, Pharaoh made it harder on the people to make bricks and what have you and had them work even harder. And the people went back to Moses and say, you're making us odious before Pharaoh. And that word odious in Hebrew means you make us stink before him. Get out of here, Moses. So here Stephen is telling these hard-hearted people here in the New Testaments, the very ones that rejected Jesus Christ, the very religious leaders that had him crucified. And he's now telling them, you know what? You rejected Jesus like Moses was rejected by his people. And they also rejected Joseph as their God-sent deliverer. Well, while Stephen was speaking to them, two things are pointed out because they're getting ready to stone him. And they did stone him and they did kill him. But two things are pointed out. Number one, that Stephen's face was shining like the face of an angel. So as Moses was glowing, here's Stephen in broad daylight and his face is shining like the face of an angel. And number two, they could not cope with the wisdom of Stephen. Because the power of the Holy Spirit was falling upon him. I wonder if we have any of these attributes that Stephen had in his life. I mean, are we spending time with the Lord? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to be seen in us? Are people looking in our eyes and seeing some kind of a Holy Spirit glow? Are they able to really deal with the wisdom of the truth of God's word coming out of your mouth like it was with Stephen? Well, back to Moses. The people were scared when they saw him. But Moses calls for them to come. The elders come together with me. Then they put a veil over his face. It must have been a distraction for them. Like, how can we take you serious and talk with you when you're glowing in the dark here? Okay. Remember, none of these people had sunglasses and, hey, no Ray-Bans given out. But when Moses would talk to the Lord, he would take the veil off. And the same goes for us. There should be never anything that's between us and God. Don't have any veil between you and the Lord. Nothing to separate you from God. But could you imagine if we spent as much time with Jesus? I mean, when people looked in our faces, they would... 
literally see us radiating the glory and the love of God? Because this is what essentially happened to Moses and to Stephen. You know, they glowed because they spent time with the Lord. Let me ask you, do you glow for the Lord in the darkness of this world? Is there a conviction at the very core of your soul to be a light that shines in this dark world to people that are lost? Yes, just by starting with 15 minutes of quiet time a day, 15, 20 minutes every day, God, I'm gonna, I want to develop a relationship with you. You know, that can change the course and the direction of our lives. Yes, the longer we spend with the Lord, the farther we're going to go in our walk with him. And the more we will be able to accomplish in this life. And the more people will see that there's something different in us. Say, well, what is it with you? And there's something different about you. You're not like everyone else. That's the biggest compliment you could ever get this side of heaven. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA all one word to 77977. You can also get via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.